Welcome to Alert and Oriented, conversations about God between friends. Join Gary Barkalow and Sam Williamson as we talk about real life with the real God, really. One morning, I was reading uh, Oswald Chambers. I was reading, you know, my utmost, and in it, uh, Oswald Chambers said, "Quit trying to be an amateur providence." And it something about that struck me. He, I'd read it before, and he said that many times. But I realized that there was a way that I was holding on to my son that I had to let go. And the thing is, is I wasn't doing anything. I wasn't supporting him. I wasn't sending him money. I mean, I was befriending him. And I felt like in that moment, I let him go. I released him. In a certain sense, I abandoned him to God. And you know, the amazing thing is, a month later, he called me up and he says, Dad, I don't like who I've become and I want to move home. You know, I mean, and I realized, I realized in that moment, there was something in me that could recognize when I'm holding on to something that isn't of God. Even though when I released it, it wasn't like there was this great external, um, an, an obvious external movement. I didn't stop sending him money because I hadn't been giving him money. I didn't stop controlling his life because I wasn't controlling his life. And yet somehow I was holding on to something. Um, as, as we were preparing for this, I was thinking about John the Baptist, who Jesus said, among people born on earth, none was greater than John the Baptist. You know, and I'm just sort of astounded at that. But the reason John the Baptist was that way, because when he started losing his disciples, um, he said, I must decrease and Jesus must increase. And I was thinking, I think this is the call for the Christian life, Gary. But Gary, if someone says to you, what does it mean? I must decrease and he must increase. Does that mean you become less of who you are? Yeah, you know what? And I've heard that verse quoted so many times, but out of context, you know, because I've 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 always wondered about that, right? I'm supposed to be coming more like Christ, more con, you know, conformed into his image. I'm supposed to be growing in maturity and my spiritual gifts. And I'm keep thinking, how how does that work where he increases but I decrease? You know, unless none of that work is really true you know, true in my life. It's just really Jesus. It's not me. I'm not changing. And I know that not to be true. I know that isn't true. So as we talked about that earlier, you know, the fact the context was, John was saying, that's fine. I'm trying to point people to Jesus. So go follow him. You know, I remember as you share a story from the past, I remember many, many years ago, I was with another ministry and we initially would say to people, Look, don't at the end of the conference, don't don't follow us. Follow God. That's we're following God. You follow God. We want you to do that. It, he is who you need. And at some point that changed where it was. We don't want to say that anymore. We want people to follow us. Now, part of the heart was, you know, we have more things to offer to help people, but there was that part of me that said, oh, that just sounds wrong that they need to follow God. And if every once in a while they come to us and they find something else that helps them do that, that's great. But I just think that that is the kind of challenge in our life is, can we say to people, it, I'm not the one you need, you know, 
And, and yes, I want to offer friendship and love, but you need God because we're giving up something. I mean, especially in the day and age of social media, and the goal is to attract as many followers and friends and fans as you can, right? Right. But, you know, I don't think you and I have the problem of having to worry about losing thousands of disciples, right? Because <laughs> <laughs> right. we have to have them before we lose them. Yes, exactly. <laughs> but... But, you know, I think different people have to let go of different things. I had to let go in some way, in some way that I was holding on to a son in my parenting. Um, so in a certain sense, sometimes we have to let go of family, not in a bad way, not where we're sort of abandoning them, but we, but we have to let them go. I think the biggest thing we have to let go is really our idea of who God is, meaning, you know, the, the different disciples lost different things. You know, some like Peter and Matthew, they lost their careers. You know, they quit being fishermen, they quit being tax collectors. But I think they all had to lose their idea of who God was because they thought Jesus was going to be this conquering hero that kicked out the Romans. I mean, they had this very, very clear idea of who God is. And when Jesus wasn't that, they ab they abandoned him, you know. Because Jesus sort of left, but but in the end, Jesus was saying, I did the very thing that you needed. I did the thing to make you become the real men that you were meant to be. That's how Peter could finally become the rock, you know, that Peter is supposed to mean. But it was he had to almost abandon his own idea of God. And, you know, I've just heard so many people. I mean, I I hear over and over people saying, how can a loving God invent hell or tolerate hell? Well, you know, I don't know the answer to that. I don't. And yet I can't pit parts of God against parts of God as he reveals himself in scripture. And, you know, this is not a talk on hell. I don't want to do with that. But I want to say, I can't just say I'm going to create the kind of God I want him to be. I think that in the end, I have to let, even in my mind, the death of who I'm clinging to die in order to let the real Jesus live. The Jesus as he reveals himself to be. Yeah. And I think, you know, Sam, you're writing on this idea of cultural creep. How is the culture creeping into the church, our belief system, our understanding, our theology, our doctrine, our relationship with God? And, you know, we live, no matter what anybody says, we live in the prosperity gospel here, whether it's money or it's happiness or things will go well or, you know, that kind of thing. I mean, it's touched all of us. Let me just say it that way. And I think you know, so that when when someone talks about, you know, in all of Christianity, there's always been suffering. There's always been hardship. There's been persecution. I don't want those things great against me, even saying it. <laughs> I want to go, well, it's not really true. You know, back then it was. But there, there's like a part of God and his story and his plan, his plan unfolding for mankind that I don't want to accept you know, I want to I want to hold on tightly to what I believe God should be doing and what I believe he is about. And he would never let this happen. And, you know, and, and yet we hit reality and it jolts us. And I think it's God saying, would you abandon that to me? Would you trust me? You know, I that's hard. I mean, that's hard. And of course, that trickles down into if I see hardship with any of my family. I may say, God, I want you to do this for me, for my daughter. But I don't say, God, I often, God, I give my daughter over to you. I trust her life to you. Please do 
what you know, what you want to do with her. That's hard. And then I realized I haven't abandoned that to God very well, very much. I, I completely understand. I mean, you're talking about my story with my son. It, right. We, you know, to become a Christian, we say Christianity is about giving your life to God. But I think it was Martin Luther. I can't remember. Somebody said the Christian life is daily conversion. Hmm. And, I, and I think what he meant was I, when I gave my life to God as a 10 or 12 year old, I did not. I didn't. There were all kinds of parts of my life that I didn't know. About, I didn't even know about. So I certainly hadn't given them to him. And every day I realized I am sort of saying to God, I know what's best, God, and why can't you get it right? I mean, isn't that isn't this sort of the prayer of my heart of our heart sometimes? God, why aren't you saving my son right now? Why aren't you, I don't know, handling the politics the way I want? I mean, there's a way we're clinging right. to our idea of what's right. And when it doesn't go right, we get anxious and angry. Right. Despondent. <laughs> yeah. And so so let me let me bring up another idea of abandoning. You know, I have I have you and I have run into so many people that have said, I really want to be an author. You know, I want to write books and then I want to speak and do conferences. And I think it is good to aspire to things, to want things. You know, we pray towards those, we move in that direction, see how God steers us. But there has to be, you know, for all of us, an abandonment. God, this is what I desire, but I give it over to you. I'm not going to demand this from you. And, and you know, I sense maybe you put this on my heart. I'm going to go in that direction, but I am willing for you to say, stop. That's not what I have for you. Or your writing is about clarifying your thinking and your the beliefs of your heart. But it's not to turn into a book. Let that go. Let that go of your images of becoming an author and what you think that may mean or, you know, having a ministry or becoming a pastor, whatever that is, you know, and that, and that's hard because we want to have something for our life, but to turn that over and say, God, I'm going to give it to you. And that, that's just, that's the test. That is the test that as Oswald Chambers says that, that you believe that God knows what he is after. Yeah. And, and we don't, we don't believe it. Right. I mean, I, I think, you know, the reason I call it believe so hard is because in my head, I'll say, of course, God is good. Of course, God is always bringing good out of everything. But there is a way in our heart God calls us to abandon ourselves to him. You know, unless, um, I don't know, what is it? Unless a grain of wheat falls on the ground and dies, it will not bear fruit. You know, there's a certain way. I think we all know what it is. I mean, I keep coming back to the story of my son. In a moment, I gave something up to God. Now, I don't know. I don't know how I did it, but I think that we know that sense when we're we're saying, "I'm not going to cling on to my idea of how this should work anymore. I'm gonna I'm gonna really just abandon it. I'm gonna let God take over." And yet, you know, and and there there are sometimes actual concrete steps. I mean, I've told this story before, but I always wanted to be a missionary. I always felt God wanted me to be a missionary. I always felt God called me to listen to God's people and speak to God's people. So I was a missionary. I was overseas. I was in London, but I was overseas. And one day I felt like God say, "If you keep being a missionary, you will be an Ish. You will create an Ishmael." Sort of the idea of God had put something on my heart. God had put something on. God had given Moses uh, Abraham a promise. But when Abraham tried to bring it about on his own, he created an enemy of God's people. Um, I gave it up. I did. So I literally had to move out of that country 
move to a new house, move somewhere else and get a new career, you know, that I had to create from scratch. And 25 or 30 years later, when I felt like God called me back to mission work, and I'm doing right now what I, I'm listening to God's people and speaking, I cannot imagine a better job. I can't imagine it. That I, if I could design the greatest job in the world, it is what I have right now, but it, it's only here because I let it die. I let the very thing that I wanted to do die. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think that for all of us, God says, if we want to be the real us, you know, there's a fear in that if I, you know, if I decrease and he increases, I'm going to disappear. Mm-hmm. But I think the reality is the only way we will appear and the only way we will become who God meant us to be is to die. Yeah. And, and Sam, a story of yours that I will tell that I think is a really good example of this is, you know, your dream for years has been to have a home that you could host retreats in. And, and you were doing that in the home you had before. You weren't waiting for the ideal thing. You were doing it. But then there were reasons for you to, you know, to downsize, to go to another home, but you really want to do retreats. And then, you know, after doing a few in the, the place you're in now, you know, then the HOA comes back and says, you're not allowed to do this. And they, they shut you down. And you had, and many of us know this because they've listened to the, you know, the campfire conversations in the past, but, you know, at that point you could fight, you know, and you talked about, you have a lawyer friend and he looked at the HOA, the covenants, and then you realize they did this wrong. You can come back and say, you did this wrong. And in fact, you're making other exceptions. You know, you can't do this. I can take you to court, whatever it is. But we watched you over time abandon your dream, you know, to say, I'm not going to fight. Let's let's see what God does in this because he's up to something. That's a big deal. That was a great picture of abandonment to God to say, I I abandon this dream. Thanks for tearing me up. (laughs) Well, your story teared me up, so. (laughs) But. I guess in a certain sense, abandoning, I guess Christianity, if it isn't supernatural, isn't anything. You know, I mean, all the stories in scripture are just shocks. You know, nobody would have left Egypt the way God, no one would have expected that. You know, and when Gideon fights the armies, God says, you can't do it with 7,000. I need to reduce it down to 300. And when Abraham has a child, with, oh, you know, Sarah was what, 95 or 100 years old. I mean, all the stories of God where people really do abandon themselves, God works miraculously in a way that's unusual. That doesn't mean we don't go to the doctor for our annual physical. I mean, I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is the things that were clinging to our heart, you know, I need self esteem, I need, I don't know, I, I don't, what, are, what we're saying is our greatest needs. These are the things God's saying, call abandon Him. You know, yeah. and but we're holding on to bitterness. Our father didn't treat us right. Our boss didn't treat us right. Our friend didn't treat us right. I mean, we hold on to bitterness. We hold on to dreams of fame. And God's right. give it to me. You know, I love, we talked about this idea that, you know, I love the idea that the more we abandon ourselves to God, the more we become of who we truly are. Yeah. It's not holding on. It's not building. It's not protecting. It's actually abandoning to God. And then we become more of who we are. I think about the Equalizer movies, which I love (laughs) throughout the movies. Every time he gets a bad guy, the bad guy looks at him and says, who are you? (laughs) He goes, yeah, everybody keeps asking me that. 
You know, and I just think of God doing these miraculous things in our lives. And he goes, I told you, I am who I am. There's your answer. This is what I do when you give it to me, you know. The, the other thing, Sam, I want to bring up that you and I have talked about so often is, you know, I, I can so often trip over, wrestle with, with the noble heart um, ideas of, you know, number of subscribers are down, finances are going down, what, whatever it is, you know, and, and part of me says, I got to take control and make this happen. It's my fault. You know, and and there's there's a part of me which I think is the Holy Spirit speaking to me, saying, "Just let let me take care of it." You know, and you and I have this adverse reaction to all the formulaic things about marketing, right? If oh, yeah. you do this, you will get this, and they are true in this world. They do work, but there's the, you know, and so the temptation is, well, if I do this, more finances will come in, and if we do this, more people will subscribe and watch and. And yet I feel like God, we feel like God keeps saying, let it go. This needs to be my work, not your work. We don't need more Ishmael's, as you were saying before. We need more Isaac's. And so it's that constant abandoning that I feel all the time, every day. I, you know, I abandon and then I take it back up and I have to abandon again. <laughs> and yet God always proves himself good, you know, and powerful in the end. There's this scene I'm, I, I'm having to remember. What is it? What is the book C.S. Lewis wrote about sort of coming to heaven? Um, oh, yeah. The Great Divorce. The Great, the great divorce. divorce. Yes. Yeah. So there's this scene. I just I didn't prepare this or else I would have remembered this. But there's a scene where the guy who I think is C.S. Lewis, you know, in his dream, he comes to he sees another man and the other man has a little thing on his shoulder, a little speaking thing. Do you remember this? Yeah. And, and an angel sort of says, give it to me. And the man says, no, 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 I can't. The man says, give it to me. And the man says, well, are you going to hurt it? And the man says, I, and the angel says, I don't promise not to hurt it. Just give it to me. And, you know, it's this long interaction. And in the end, man gives it to him. And the thing that I love is the angel kills it and it turns into a beautiful horse. Hmm. And the man jumps on it and rides the horse into the gates of heaven. And, you know, C.S. Lewis's point often is the very thing that we're giving up is something that God can transform into something great. But he can't transform it in our lives until we let it go. And that yeah. can be our family, our career. You know, there, we I think we all know when we're cutting something inside. And this man, it's a great scene. I wish I'd, I wish I had prepared it more to read it. But I do think God is calling us to let something go. Now, the thing is, is we can't let it go in order for God to do the thing we want him to do. I mean, you know, it's sort of like we're manipulating God. Oh, great, God, you're going to turn this into a horse. Uh, but I think God says, I will do the right thing. I will do the good thing. I will do the thing that you would want me to do if you knew all the things that I know. You know, we just don't know all the things he knows. So I do think there's this huge promise of becoming the real men and women God wants us to be. Yeah. yeah. And you know, I think part of the tension I feel as we're talking about this is I have known a few in the past and I'm sure I have done this. Sure. Where I have said, I'm giving this over to God. I'm abandoning this to God. 
And really all I'm doing is abandoning my responsibility, right? I'm just saying, I don't want to do this. I can't do this. I give up. I'm not really abandoning. I'm just shirking my responsibilities. And so the, fu the funny thing is, as we're talking, I'm realizing the word abandon or abandoning has a negative connotation to me. I mean, I just, I just kept feeling something as we were talking, and it wasn't until now that I realized what has contaminated that word for me. Yeah, yeah. And, and yet it's maybe giving over, you know, works better for me. But I, and, and so let me tell you another story that, that actually you did for me, Sam, and I think we need to do this for each other. I remember probably years ago, I got on the phone with you, and we told the story before, and I am griping, complaining, venting you know, maybe to say it better, you know, my absolute concern about finances with Noble Heart, I see it going down. And, you know, basically whatever happens to Noble Heart happens to us personally. It's our salary, it's everything, you know. So I was complaining and worrying and, and pretty much in a place of, I've got to get this together. God's not doing anything here. I don't think I said that, but I think you heard that <laughs> from the beliefs of my heart. And so, uh, and I just remember you saying something like, Gary, why are you white knuckling this so much? Yeah. Right. You're so scared. You're trying to control this thing. And you just said, maybe the best thing for you to do is simply put up the white flag, surrender it, which is a great word, surrender this to God. And I needed to hear that because that's what I needed to do. Not, not close my eyes, but surrender. And I think we need to do that for each other and say, you know, have you surrendered this to let God do what he wants to do? Anyway, I, I needed it then. I need it all the time. I think we need to do that for each other. I like that word surrender. I really do. I mean, maybe, maybe we shouldn't have used abandon now that you're saying this. I mean, I'm, so as you're thinking about, as you're saying that, I'm thinking, what are synonyms? We can release it. We can surrender. We can let go. We can cry uncle, you know. <laughs> um, or, or like they do in, you know, and karate, martial arts, we can tap out. We can tap out, sure. You hit the floor, you go, okay, like I, it's all yours. I'm all yours. <laughs> I think I think it's Oswald Chambers, it might be C.S. Lewis, who says, God calls us to give up our right to ourselves. And I like that phrase. I mean, it's, you know, in, in America, we say, hey, you have rights, you have the Bill of Rights. And we do have the Bill of Rights, but I think God is saying, I need to give up my right to myself, to my opinions, to my ideas of who he is, to my ideas of what I think is best. Because in the end, I do not, if I could see what my ideas would bring, I would not want them. I really want God's plan and I want to be able to cooperate with it. That's part of who God has made me to be is to be able to cooperate with his plan, with the part of plan that he's made me to be. You know, you bring something different than I do and that's great. But I want to cooperate with his plan, not my idea of his plan. Yeah. You know, we, we didn't title this this way, but we really are at the core, those core elements of nurturing the life of God within. Yeah. I mean, abandonment is that thing. It's, it is the grain of wheat falling in the ground, dying, and then and then becoming something, coming back to life, you know, and I just think for us to keep reminding each other of this in the midst of trying to be responsible men and women and do what God has put in our small K kingdom, yeah. you know, but turning it over. I just remember 
Dallas Willard said, the way the kingdom of God spreads in the earth is I have my kingdom, you know, the, the, the things I can influence and I give them over to God. And that now has become the kingdom of God. And as each person does it, it just spreads throughout the world, you know, kind of like, if you will, the coronavirus, you know, <laughs> I have the virus, I give it to you, it spreads. But that's nah, not a good analogy. Anyway, you know what I mean? <laughs> no, it's a good kind of a contagion, you know, I mean, right. a contagion of, of letting giving our lives to the Lord. So any last words? No, I think I gave them all. I'm okay. abandoning the rest of my thoughts to God. <laughs> I'm really glad we had this discussion. I mean, I think that it's very easy to talk about nice things, but I think I th I think it was C.S. Lewis who said the harshness of God is kinder than the kindness of man. You know, sometimes the things that we think are hard, where we have to give up something to God, he said, is actually kinder than than the kindness of man or the kindness of our own ideas. So I just want to encourage me and you, you and me and everyone listening to say, where is God calling me to give something up that I must decrease and he must increase? Thanks for listening. Please join us by following this podcast or liking it and visit our websites, thenobleheart.com and beliefsoftheheart.com for more resources in living the eternal life with God today. You'll find articles, videos, and online classes. See you next week.